Hey everybody, it's Audrey Ellis and you're listening to Ask Audrey. A couple days ago while I was at work, these people came into my job who were members of a cult. I don't know if it should be called an occult, or, but I know that they're in a cult. So they came into my job and, you know, they were all like standing around and they were talking about, you know, what it was that they do and what their group membership is all about. And I was just curious as to, you know, why each of them joined the group. So I had a couple of people that I, you know, talked to. I asked them, you know, what's the name of the organization? What do you guys do? What's the purpose behind it? You know, and I asked a couple of questions about how do the meetings go? What are you required to do in the meetings? And so they just said it's pretty much a self-help group, which is not bad. But the reason why I called it a cult is because of, number one, the manner in which they tried to recruit people. And number two, they were very secretive. When I started to ask the questions, they looked at me very suspiciously, like, why do you want to know? What do you need to know for? You have to ask a certain person. I can't really answer that right now. And certain other, like, evasive responses came from these people so that let me know for number one and number two it was also the look in their eyes and I hate to say that because it sounds cliche and it sounds you know uh, stereotypical but it's the truth and the reason why I know it's the truth is because when I was younger I joined a cult by mistake not even joking I was about 23 years old and I was I don't know, just going through some things and I just needed some guidance. And so I started going to this church with um, a couple of relatives of mine. The relatives had been going to the church longer than I had. And they said, hey, you know what? You should join this program. This program is really great. I'm not going to say the name of it only because I don't want to call anybody out, you know, because, hey, if it helps other people, let it help them. But I just don't want to call it out. Anyway, so I started going to the church every I want to say it was like Tuesdays and Thursday nights, and then we had to go on Saturdays. So I was going, and it was a distance away. I was actually driving a distance to go. And I believe everything is used for a purpose and everything is used for good, and it can be as long as we are seeing it that way. So I definitely can't deny that I got a lot of great things out of this, but I also had a lot of bad behaviors that were formed that I had to shake and break off and, and kind of um, work through because cults can make you... They really do brainwash you, especially if you're young. So I noticed when I got to the cult that, well, first of all, I didn't notice it was a cult initially, but when I got to the cult, I noticed that a lot of people had done the program and it was supposed to be a one-time program, but most of the people at the church had done it like 10 times. And I wondered to myself, what? 10 times? Why? <laughs> but I thought it was supposed to just work the first time. Like when you sold it to me, you said, this will change your life. You just need one time. And I'm asking you how many times have you gone? I'm not, I didn't even ask how many times have you gone. They just volunteered. This is my 10th time going to this program. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound too great and too promising, but I'm still going to do it because I just, I felt in my spirit that it was still something that was needed. So I had to trust my spirit above the paranoia. So I just said, you know what, I'll go through it and then try to just gauge my spirit as I go and, and you know, make my way out of here when the exit time is right. So I went through the cult and I learned a lot of great things about life, you know, a lot of great things that help my, um, my spirituality and my relationship with God, and I'm really appreciative of it. But in the cult, a lot of uh, stereotypical, or I should say hypocritical, behaviors were 
definitely displayed. One of the things that um, they were teaching us was that we're supposed to learn to be perfect and that we can't do anything without asking God for permission. So they said, if you even if you want to wash your hair on a Saturday morning, when you wake up in that morning, you better not wash your hair without asking God for permission. And you better not cook your dinner without asking God for permission. And you better not drink water without asking God for permission. And then they said, and, and at some point you need to stop sinning. You need to stop being bad. You need to stop misbehaving because God is so disappointed in that. And you need to do better and get to the point of perfection. And so me being a person who, like as a child, when I would hear pastors say things that didn't make sense to me, you know, as a kid, I would just easily say, that doesn't make sense. And I would just fall asleep in church. And I'm not bragging about falling asleep in church as if it's like a great thing to do. But if the story didn't match my spirit or if the message didn't match my spirit, I just kind of shut down to not let it in any further. But during this time in my 20s, I was going through something. So I was thinking, if this is the answer, I'm going to listen and I'm going to try. And it caused this thing that is referred to as legalism to form inside of me. And legalism is pretty much when you try to follow like the biblical laws to a T, to the point that you don't feel free in your life. And you always feel guilty, you always feel bad, you always feel condemned. That's legalism. When you look up and you say, oh crap, I said a curse word, God's mad at me. Ugh, I don't know what to do. Or you look up and you say, oh, I forgot to give someone some money yesterday. I should have given it to them yesterday, now I'm late. Oh, God's mad at me, he's not gonna forgive me. Oh, I forgot to pray over my food before I ate. Oh, now I'm gonna get sick and he's mad at me and he's not gonna forgive me. These things are like legalism. Oh, I forgot to tell that person bless you when they sneeze. Like, I can go on and on, but legalism is pretty much trying to be more perfect than God ever required us to be. So, joining this cult caused that in me. It caused me to, and it was so bad that it even caused me to think, and I hate to admit this, but it caused me, the way that the cult teaches you, it makes you, it makes people who are in the cult believe that they're above everyone else. And so I had like, I had issues with that, especially with like relatives of mine that I didn't get along with. I had issues where I would look at them and say, oh, you guys are sinners. You guys are not doing things right and that you're just so bad and I'm not and it was really bad. It was terrible and I had a come to Jesus moment and I had to apologize to these people for my behavior when I realized that I was being ridiculous and I also had to forgive myself and recognize that I just needed guidance and I went to the church to try and find it. I wanted to, you know, break away from my parents a little bit and try to find my own way in life and I did so by mistakenly joining a cult. So I was... I always remembered during the cult to, to pray. I always talk to God on my own because I know that you can. And, and so I do. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So I would talk to him and kind of gauge, is this like where I'm supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? You know, something doesn't feel right. You know, I'm starting to feel sad and depressed and I just don't get what's going on. And so as I prayed to him, he started to tell me to pull out of it, like to not go to this church and to not continue. And the the brainwashing was so strong that I didn't initially listen so it was right before the graduation from the program when God told me, just stop going. Like, I don't care. Just stop going. And I said, no, I can't because they said we're not supposed to quit. We're supposed to show that we can commit to something and see it all the way through. And if I quit, then I didn't commit. That means I can't commit to something. So I went to the graduation and it was a very sad occasion for me. But, you know, I, I, and I thought to myself during the time because of all of the brainwashing, I was like, oh, man, I didn't listen to God. I listened to a man and now he's probably mad at me. And, you know, he's just going to hate me, which wasn't true. You know, I just, that was what the brainwashing did. And so after leaving the cult, I started to 
stop I started to pull back from going to church like I would go to church every Sunday after the, the graduation from the program but then after a couple of Sundays I just kept praying I just kept like having dreams and having these like feelings inside of me and my spirit that said just stop just don't go back anymore it's not right you've gotten everything you need from it and some things you don't so just stop so I finally stopped going to the church and as you would know it they started to harass me they started to send me emails they started to send me phone calls they started to look me up on social media and just like hound me did we do something wrong to you why did you stop coming to church why don't you come anymore what's what's going on is everything okay we just want to know that you're okay and i'm like it's my prerogative to not come to your church if i don't want to and so then the pastor of the church said if you feel like God's telling you not to come to this church anymore, then you're wrong. God would never tell you to stop coming to our church. You know, I know what God would tell you, and he wouldn't tell you to stop coming to our church. So you, you're listening to the devil. I thought to myself, nope, I know who I'm hearing. I'm hearing God, and I know what's right in my spirit and what's not, and this place is not right for me. And so it took some time, but I finally just, you know, blocked them on social media, blocked their emails, and just stopped coming altogether. So funny story, or funny enough, I was still looking for like a church home because as a kid we had two church homes and, and they were amazing. They weren't cults, they were just regular old churches. Now of course churches can have their own culture, you know, which cult is kind of in that word, but it's not as bad. It's not like the brainwashing, unless you're in with the clicks, then it might be a little bit. Okay, there's, there's a little bit of, of cult-ish behavior in, in a lot of churches, but you know, the churches we went to as a kid, we didn't get involved in like everything we, we were a part of certain choirs or certain programs but we weren't just like you know just cool with the pastors and the deacons and the first lady we just did our part and we went home so after leaving the first cult when i was looking for another church home that was close by close to where i lived i wound up going to another church in my neighborhood that i didn't have to drive a distance to and because of the first church i went to i was able to recognize that this church that i had picked for the second time around was the same thing. I was getting into the same situation. They were a cult for sure. So after two times of going to the church when I was like, yep, I'm sure of it, and I stopped going, well, I forgot. When I filled out, uh, I put in an offering in the plate and I filled out my address on the, the card that they give you or the envelope they give you, and I put it in the little collection plate and sent it off. I had no idea that they would realize, so it was a big church, so I had no idea that they would realize that I only came a couple of times and I stopped because next thing you know, they're knocking on my door, asking me why I haven't come back to church. And I'm like, not again, what is going on? What in the world is going on? So they were knocking on my door and you know, saying, we think that your soul needs to be saved. We think that you need Jesus. And I said, with all due respect, I don't. I said, my soul is free. I think yours is not. And you might need Jesus because I don't know what you've spread in the Bible that made you think that behaving with me like this is appropriate or that God wants you to try and force me to do something that I don't want to do. If you really read your Bible, you would know that that's actually inaccurate. It's not in line with what he says. And so they would come and they would park outside all times of day and night. And no matter what I said, they were still like, we just have a mission and we just believe that God is leading us to save your soul. And I'm like, girl, I'm already saved. I'm already saved. I know this. So the... They parked outside one night and my older sister was coming home from work and they stopped her to try and get her to give something to us and you know try to win us back over and get us to come back to the church so i stepped outside and i was like these are church people and i'm not trying to be mean to them or scare them or nothing like that because you know you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to walk in love but i have to so i came outside and i was like i love you in the name of jesus <laughs> i love you in the name of jesus but if you do not 
stop coming to my house, I will call the cops on you. And they were like, well, Paul went to jail for the, for the Lord, and, and John went to jail, John the Baptist went to jail for the Lord, so we're willing to go to jail for the Lord. And I said, are you really? Because I can call the cops right now. And so they left, and obviously they weren't willing to go to church, I mean, going, they weren't willing to go to jail for the Lord because they never came back. So I was glad that I was able to see the cultish behavior the second time around, and there was a third time. I went to Atlanta for a couple of months, for a summer. And while I was in Atlanta, again, I'm just like, I always just want to find a church home just to get some praise and worship on, you know, keep my spirit in line, like just, just to feel good. It's just like, it just re-energizes and invigorate. Is that invigorizes? No, no. Invigorates. Oh my goodness. Woo. Okay. It just re-energizes and invigorates me. So I like going to churches, but it's like, it's so hard to find what you're used to. The two, the two churches that I had, you know, as church homes as a child are very special and very rare. It's hard to come by that again. So I didn't know this. I went to Atlanta thinking, oh, I found a good little, a tiny little church, little tiny, like country home church, you know, storefront. And I caught the signs again. It's like you learn your lesson and you never forget it. And it helps you in the future, helps you to make better decisions in the future. And that is so true because after that first cult that I got all the way involved in, I knew the warning signs to start as soon as I stepped into any other church or any other like organization. So in Atlanta, we walk into this church, my sister and I walk into the church and we meet the deacon and the deaconess and they're all like praying for us and hugging us and you know saying, welcome, we're so glad you're here. God wanted you here. He knew you're supposed to be here right now at this very moment. You know, it's, it's right that you're here. It's a blessing and all this good stuff. So it felt good. So we asked them for a tour of the church or they offered it to us one or the other. So as we're going on the tour of the church, we're listening to the deacon talk and he's saying things that sound like he, that sounded like he worshiped the pastor more than he worshiped God. He was saying, the pastor said that this, that, and other is going to happen. So it's going to happen. And pastor said, we can't do this. And pastor said, we can't do that. And pastor says, we need to make sure this, that, and the other. And pastor says, we can't watch TV because TV's a devil. And pastor says, we can't do this, that, and the other. And all these different pastors said, and I find, I take issue with that big issue because we're supposed to be able to be free thinkers and not like a crazy free thinker, you know what I mean? But we're supposed to be able to think freely, make our own decisions and discern within our own spirits what we're allowed to do in our own lives because each of us, as my pastor says, Bishop Noel Jones, each of us has our own relationship with God and each of us knows how God talks to us and what God wants from us and it may differ. What may look like a bad thing in one person may be something that God actually wants that person to do. You know, and from the outside looking in, if we are like legalistic and judgmental, we might say, oh, that person's going to hell. But for all we know, that person's relationship with God says that that is okay, whatever that thing may be. So when I'm listening to this guy talking about all these things that pastor said can and can't happen, I got curious and I said, you know what? I want to sit in this church service and I want to see what this pastor looks like and what he says and if this is what I think it is. So I'm sitting in the church and listening to the pastor talk and he just started going in on all these like celebrities in the world saying that they're the devil and they're devil worshipers and telling the congregation not to watch TV. Then I don't even know if the congregation caught it, but I caught it because the congregation bought him a brand new big screen TV that he told them that he wanted and they bought it for him as a gift to bless him with, as they said. And when they bought it with him to bless him with, he said, thank you. And said he was going to go home and watch himself some NFL sports and some ESPN and all these different shows he was going to watch. And I thought to myself, hmm, didn't he just say we're not supposed to watch TV? Like, hello, why are you watching TV and we can't watch TV? That makes no sense to me. 
So I was like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. He has their minds controlled and they don't realize it or maybe, no, no, they don't realize it because if they realized it, they would have caught that. So they're like, that's right, Pastor. You watch your NFL. You watch what you want to watch. And they're just all just in la-la land. And I hate to <laughs> seem judgmental about them, but it was just irritating to me because I can't understand where a person thinks it's fair to control the minds of others in that way. But I think maybe getting drunk with power, you know, once you realize that you have that kind of influence on people, some people will take it and they do well with it. Some people take it and they do wrong with it. I've had great pastors who've done well with it. They'll, you know, take the offering and they'll say, don't give me your pamper money. Don't give me your light bill money. Don't give me your food money. If you don't have it, God understands and you'll be okay. But then other pastors, I've been to their churches and they'll lock the doors and they will bully you. Uh, Sister so-and-so, I know you got a raise last month so you can give a little more on this collection plate. Uh, Brother so-and-so, I know you just bought that brand new bin so I know you got a little more money to give. These kind of manipulative tactics. I don't understand where people get off. But back to what I'm saying, I sat in that church and I just knew it wasn't right for me again. So I decided to just, my sister and I said we're not going to come back. But before we left, oddly enough, I just had to stand in the pastor's presence because I wanted to see, I like to read people's spirits. I like to kind of get a gauge of them. And when I was standing in his presence, for some reason, he refused to look me in the eye. And I feel like, and he didn't look my sister in the eye. And I thought to myself, if you have a hard time looking people in the eye, people that you just meet, that tells me that there's something wrong with your 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 spirit and, and your sincerity, like your level of sincerity. Like, I'm looking you in the eyes I speak to you because I sincerely just want to know who you are and just kind of see what it is that people love about you, what it is that's great about you. I, I'm, you know, I didn't like the sermon necessarily, but that doesn't mean you're a bad person. I really just wanted to meet you just to see if there was some kind of, like, dichotomous personality that, that would come out. Like, you know, the pastor is one person, but Mr. So-and-so is another. You know, the pastor is the show that, that he's giving or the, the sermon comes through, you know, kind of separate from who he is as a person, you know. But he wouldn't look me in the eye. He shook my hand, but he was fidgety and he was just all over the place. And it made me feel uncomfortable because it it's like I can't be a part of a, a group, you know, a congregation where the pastor seems shifty or where the person that is supposed to lead the group seems shifty. So after that, we stopped going to the church. But again, as I always do, it's just like second nature. Ever since I was a kid, you know, practicing filling out that collection plate envelope, with your address and your phone number and you put the little money in and everything and you put it in the plate just have it and a little bit of like um confusion too i would say i have to be honest i was thinking maybe i might still come back because i don't have to worry about him there might be guest pastors here or maybe i might want to just come in and listen to the praise and worship and then i can leave so i was still kind of on the fence about whether or not i would actually join even though i felt like the pastor spirit was off i was just like i don't want to be judgmental so let me just consider coming back because we're going to be here for a while and this seems like the only church that's you know around that is partially decent we saw it on tv and it saw it seemed okay so it was a little bit of both it was a little bit of habit and a little bit of uncertainty do i still want to come back to this church despite not feeling so great about the pastor's presence so filling out the collection plate, giving our address. We stopped coming after a couple of um, sermons. We went the following weekend. One of the weekends we went, the pastor wasn't there. And the other weekend he was. And I don't know if it was the first time the pastor wasn't there and there was this really great pastor who preached and he was so amazing. Or if it was the weekend after that we went back and the, this amazing pastor came who was really genuine. He was like, he looked us in the eye, he talked to us, he was just engaging and really sweet and his spirit was just so sincere. But we went like twice where we decided, you know what, 
it's not for us. We're not going to come back. So we were out to eat at a restaurant right by our, um, right by our house where we lived or right. I shouldn't say house right by the hotel we were staying in. And I wasn't sure if I was going to say that part, but I guess it's okay. <laughs> well, we were listening, we were, um, staying in the hotel, you know, while we were looking for apartments and looking for work and stuff like that. And while we were eating breakfast at the restaurant next door to our hotel, the deacon that we met the first day we got to church happened to pop up. Now, it would not have been strange if the church was in like five miles or less from our home or from our you know place of residence at the time. But this church was 20 miles out. So for them to be sitting in the restaurant near our home, as opposed to there's this, this same restaurant was right by the church. So their need to drive to our home and to eat at their at the, the restaurant near our home was very strange to us. And so we didn't really make eye contact with them. We saw them come in and sit down and we said to each other, we know them, but we had stopped going like weeks before. So I didn't really remember why I knew them. And I said, we know them. I don't know who they are, but we know them. It was uh, the deacon and his wife. And so as we were sitting there, it just made me feel uncomfortable and I just kept kind of looking but trying not to be obvious but they must have caught me looking because they walked over to the table and all of a sudden just start asking so why did you guys stop coming to our church what happened what's going on and not even nicely like literally the tone that I'm giving you now is the tone they were giving us like a lot of attitude a lot of anger a lot of uh, animosity if you will why did you stop coming it doesn't make any sense you don't do that you, you join a church and you keep your word and you keep coming to that church and keep building and we're like no we decided not to come and we have that right we don't have to keep coming back and they were just you know angry and irritated and forceful and we asked them flat out too well, what are you doing over here on this side of town you you don't live over here you live you know a whole city and like 20 miles away and they're like you don't know where we have the right to eat you don't know why we're over here we had business business over here so we're like what business and they said don't worry about it. it's not your business and I'm thinking, oh, what nice church folk. Anyway, so they leave the restaurant and all they had was coffee. They leave the restaurant and my sister and I are just like, you know what? I'm glad we don't go to that church. I'm glad we caught it soon enough so that we didn't have to get caught up in, you know, what they're caught up in. Because obviously they're caught up in something because they had, they felt they had the right to approach us in that way, which is very disrespectful. So we leave and you know we go on about our lives or so we think and then we happened to end up at a walmart one day and they were in the walmart there as well and before we could even say anything the deacon the husband he said are y'all following us and my sister just responded you are in the walmart in my neighborhood i think y'all are following us and he and his wife laughed a little like nervously and they looked at us and they just kind of walked away and after they walked away we never saw them in any of our locations near our you know place of residence again and we just decided you know what i think it's time to go back to california like we, we've had fun out here in Atlanta. We've tried to make it work. It's been a couple of months and we haven't really found work or an apartment. You know what? We'll just go back home and, you know, hopefully not run into any of these uh, cults again. And when we came back home, we just started taking the extra drive and driving the extra 60 miles to go to our home church because, you know, it just became worth it. After all of the conveniences we tried to, to find with churches close to our home and with churches in different states that we lived in and... We just, and churches that people recommended us to, all of those situations just turned out so bad. And the lesson we learned from it, of course, was to just be leery of the people you trust and the company you keep and don't let, you know, titles and organizations and reputations, you know, fool you. Don't let it trick you. Just because they say they're a church doesn't mean that they're good for you or that they're a good church. Just because they say they have a program that'll help you doesn't mean that it will help you. It might do more harm than good. 
you know, and just because it's closer to you doesn't mean you have to choose that church. You can always choose to worship from home if you want to worship, or you can just drive the extra however many miles to go to a place that you know is right for you, right for your spirit and right for your soul and right for every part of you. So, but that was funny. Running into that cult at my job just reminded me of all of the the funny situations that I've been through. I'm trying hard to, you know, make sure my words are not disrespectful because there's a lot of people who are in cults may not even know it, but a lot of people join cults because, you know, at times in life we feel lonely and we feel lost and we feel like we don't have family. Even if there's people that we're related to who are right up the street, sometimes we don't feel like they're family. They don't feel like family anymore because of, you know, a falling out or disagreement or just differences of opinion, different ways that we live our lives. And so we find we try to find something that will fill that void. You know, where I grew up, a lot of people turned to gangs when they didn't have family, they didn't have fathers, they didn't have mothers. Gangs are like cults too. I mean, it has to be a cult if it can convince you that killing another person is a good idea. I mean, you know, but a lot of times we just, we're just lonely and we can't find anything else or we can't think of anything else. And this group just comes along and it seems like it's just the right time. And it seems like it's, you know, kismet. Like it's serendipitous and it's so meant to be, but we got to be very careful of what we allow ourselves to get into because it can be so hard to get out and so hard to break habits that are learned while we were in. So all in all, I still think the lesson I learned is awesome. So, you know, I can't say that I would do it differently because of all the things that I've learned and all the things I'm aware of now and everything that I can see now moving forward based on the experience I had with that wrong decision. So I can't say I would do it differently. I think I would probably do the same thing because, you know, it helped me to be the person I am. But at the same time, if I had someone who would have told me what cults entail and would have given me the rundown prior to, if I had someone who could have educated me on what happens, then that would be the thing that would make me do it differently, you know, in hindsight, if I had someone because there's so many things that I haven't done because I had people who were guiding me and telling me this is why you shouldn't do this and this is why you shouldn't do that. And they gave me logic and common sense that made so much sense to me that I said, you know what, I'm going to stay away from that. And looking back and looking over my life, those certain things, I see I did the right thing. And hopefully one day I'll be able to touch on what those things are. I don't want to touch on them just yet, but hopefully one day I will be able to. But in the meantime, I thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. And I hope you listen again tomorrow.